This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. All right, Furnace Family, Oilers Hockey tomorrow, 4.30 for the face-off show. Game at 6, Oilers at Jets. Final game of the Oilers' five-game road trip. They will then host the Jets on Thursday. After two periods tonight, Tampa Bay leading the Islanders 2-1. Eight minutes into the third, Blue Jackets and Red Wings tied 2-2. Monday Night Football, the Niners up 21-7 on the Rams with five and a half minutes to go in the first half. The Edmonton Elks play tomorrow in Toronto. It's on Kissing Country 103.9, 4.30 for the countdown to kickoff game at 5.30. They're taking on the Argos, and then they go to BC to play the Lions on Friday, and then that will be it for the Elks season, and this means an interesting road trip for my buddy Dave Campbell. Dave, how are you doing, man? Doing well, buddy. How are you? I am doing okay. It's uh, it's good to hear from you. You're feeling somewhat settled in. <laughs> your your second of your three homes you're going to have on the road trip. Yeah, somewhat's a good word. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So here till uh, early Wednesday morning after uh, after the game, of course, uh, tomorrow night, and then uh, have a nine o'clock flight out of Toronto all the way to Vancouver, where we game three hours and get there at eleven. Uh, and then, yeah, that's it. That's the third of three stops and uh, be home Saturday morning. So it's uh, definitely been a road trip uh, like none other. Uh, I've never experienced something like this. Uh, I've been on the uh, two-game, six-day or two-game, seven-day Eastern road trips. I've done that, I think, four times. But uh, this is uh, this is something very new, and it's been uh, it's been quite the whirlwind at times. Yeah, well, uh, you guys are doing a great job. I know it's... Uh... It's unprecedented circumstances and obviously a, a very tough season here for the Edmonton Elks. It's going to end in a, in a few days, at least the on-field stuff. I'm sure there's going to be some off-field stories we're going to be telling in the weeks ahead. I, I just want to flash back quickly to the, the game Saturday against Saskatchewan. Um, you know, they lost again. That, that's the bottom line. Um, mm-hmm. As you know, my approach has been more about... Uh, probably seeing what some individuals can do I, I mean I'd love the team to win and I know the, the players who are out there want the team to win I mean some some good stories in that game um I, I guess for me I mean they were up seven nothing and then they allowed 17 straight points before they mm-hmm. clawed back into it so it, to me that's kind of the story of the elk season even when they've played well and been close they, they've had bad parts of the game or, or they've made some serious mistakes that have hurt them. And I, and I thought that cost them again on the weekend. Yeah, I think uh, we're seeing this team lose in different ways, I should say. I mean, three of the last four games, they've allowed a run of points and they've all happened in different times of the game. So the, the uh, game against the Bombers at home, they were at 16-16 and then Aaron Grimes drops the sure interception, which could have been a pick six. And then the Bombers uh, score the final 10 points. Uh, the, the Riders are up 19-3 before the Elks have a furious uh, comeback attempt. 
and close the game uh, to, to, to a two-point game, and they end up losing by two points. And, yeah, early in the uh, second quarter, 17 points. The Elks got it back, and at one point they led the game by one. But, uh, you know, the, I think they're playing a more calmer, controlled game, but not for 60 minutes. And uh, they're still allowing the runs in the, in the football game uh, to uh, really hurt themselves. And, like, even, even Reed, you know, William Powell, Riders running back, had 59 yards rushing. 53 of those came in the fourth quarter. So they didn't finish very well on defense, even though I think they, you know, I think overall had a pretty good day. So they're getting closer. There are some good things to pull out. But the bottom line is they're still doing things that are preventing them from winning a football game. Yeah, and that's, like I've said, I think that's a sign of a team that, A, is is lacking some talent in some key areas or it's it's just lacking some experience in some key areas and it's led up to uh it's all added up to a pretty tough go here okay what what's at stake tomorrow are the argos guaranteed to to finish first and and if so what does it mean roster wise for the two teams well uh the argos with their win over the the ticats last friday they clinched first so this game for them is the opportunity to rest some guys so i'm going to Read off some names who, will, who won't play tomorrow, Reed. And they're very recognizable, a lot of them. Uh, McLeod Bethel-Thompson, their starting quarterback. Navarez Daniels, Ricky Collins, Enoch Mwamba, Boris Beattie. They're even, they're even sitting the kicker, Reed. Uh, Curly Gittins Jr., <laughs> Tristan Decoud, uh, Dexter McCoyles on the sixth game. Uh, DJ Foster, their running back. Also, John White is uh, not going to play, but he uh, looks like he's done for the season with a serious knee injury. Uh, Cordero Law, Charleston Hughes, and uh, anyone else down this list? Just going quickly here. Uh, Chandler Worthy, their returner, he's pretty good. Sean Oakman's pretty good on the D-line. So the most recognizable name, oh, this is hard. Maybe Justin <laughs> Tuggle. He's struggling he to find a player. <laughs> he, yeah, yeah. Fine, spin the wheel. If it lands on someone, we'll let you know. Uh, Justin Tuggle is going to be the starting middle linebacker. He's of note because the Elks signed him in 2020 before the pandemic started, and he never played one down for the Elks. Uh, also, Antonio Pipkin's going to start at quarterback, another former Elk who never played. Uh, Josh Huff is probably the most uh, recognizable name for Elks fans because he's a former Calgary Stampeder who got cut by them. Oh, here's a name, Thaddeus Coleman. He's going to start at right tackle. He, uh, he had three stints in Edmonton. But, yeah, for the Argos, they're resting guys. For the Elks, they're just trying to find a way to win a football game before the year is out. So the lineup is relatively unchanged. Uh, there are two significant lineup additions, and that's Darrell Walker, who will start at slot back, actually, although I kind of wonder if he'll be back at his usual short side wideout spot and flip-flop with Armani Edwards. And then James Wilder Jr. is on the roster. He's listed as a starting running back, and I would expect to see a lot of him and some Fletcher as well. And Aaron Grimes is the only game-time decision because he left with a lower body injury or ankle injury, and uh, he's the, the only game-time as far as we're concerned or as far as we know. He's going to test the ankle out before the game and, and see how it goes. But, you know, relative, they're relatively healthy, you know, going into this game. So it's another game where can they get through this game and then finish the season off strong on Friday in, uh, in Vancouver. And remember, they, they can add five more players to the roster. So can the Argos. So the uh, Elks don't have 45 players. They have 50 players on the roster tomorrow. 
All right. Well, it'll be interesting to to watch. And, and like I said on the weekend, we can talk big picture stuff all we want and, and moan about the season, but the, the players who dress want to win. So I, I try to keep yeah. that in mind while I'm watching the games. They, they, they want to win. They want to show well. Yeah. Thank you for bringing that up, Reed, because I hear some commentary saying, or, you know, read some comments. Well, why, why do the Elks do this? I mean, they're going to try and win. Why? Because they've lost eight straight. That's why. It's pretty freaking simple. They want to win a football game. They haven't done it for a long, long time back on Labor Day. So they should go and try and win the, the next two games. And, you know, we all hope that they can break this nasty streak because it's, uh, it's been terrible. This is a tale of two seasons. But I'll tell you, the second season has been a long one because they haven't won since Labor Day. So uh, I find that kind of head-scratching and baffling when people go, well, why would they want to win a game? Well, because it is sports after all, and these guys haven't tasted victory for a long, long time. Yeah, for sure. Dave Campbell joining us from Toronto. Elks play there tomorrow. It's on Kiss and Country 103.9. We'll have the hockey game here on Ched. So we got you covered with both teams. 4.30, the coverage will start on Kiss and Country. Okay, I want to have some fun with you here, Dave, because this has been a question I've asked throughout the show tonight, and I tweeted it out earlier. I'm going to ask you from a Edmonton football team perspective and from mm-hmm. an Oilers perspective, though. I'll okay. start with the hockey. Uh, a player who played for an Oilers rival that you that you respected the most. A player that played for an Oilers rival that I respected the most. Oh boy! I mean, to me, I asked this because okay, Ginla's going into the Hall of Fame. A lot of people have mentioned him. A lot of people have mentioned uh, you know Medano, Kiprasov, the Sedins. So there's been a lot of Vancouver, wow. Calgary, Dallas. Because those those are the rivals for I a lot of people over the years. Lanny McDonald. Yeah, I don't want to pick a Ginla because that's obvious. Um, Joe Sackick. I marvel at his skill and just how good he was as a leader, how good he was as a player. The wrist shot. Every time the Oilers played the Avalanche, you know they had all the great players. They had Forsberg and they had. Uh, Kaminsky and they had uh, they had uh, Ozelinch and you know, so many good players. Joe Sack, it scared the living daylights out of me, and I look forward to watching him every time the Oilers played him. So uh, I'll say Joe Sackick. I, you know, a couple people. I'm just scrolling through my tweets, and of course, it's this is totally unscientific. Um, but yeah. Uh, I'm a little surprised maybe this is not more Lanny McDonald because I, yeah. I remember, if my dad is listening, he probably won't even remember this, but I remember it. 86, the Flames and Canadians met in an unlikely Stanley Cup final. Both were right. upset teams to get there. And somebody for the journal, might have been Ray Turchansky even, wrote an article after the Cabs won the Cup saying, well, these are the guys I feel for and why. And he said, I feel for Lanny McDonald, this, this, and this. And and my dad read it, you know, all these flames who had lost. And he goes, Lanny's the only guy I feel for. The rest of them, forget about it. But, uh, <laughs> you know, and Lanny eventually <laughs> did get one in 1989. What about from a double E perspective, uh, an opponent, a rival that m- might have burned the green and gold, but that, uh, that you always respected? Uh Probably okay. I have two. I'm gonna. I mean, uh, Calvillo comes to mind for me right yeah. away. Calvillo's one. I can't pick Bo Levi Mitchell for 
several reasons. Just because it would <laughs> just because it would anger and upset Bo. That's one. Uh, two or, or my second pick is going to be. I'm going to say John Cornish. Oh, interesting. Uh, now, I didn't always like the guy because uh, he could be very difficult to uh, to talk to an interview. But uh, I remember uh, after the Sam Peters won in 2018, we actually had a bit of a conversation in the end zone, uh, a nice one, uh, after, of course, John was retired by then. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's amazing because I think I think when I look back at my dealings with John, I think, you know, I don't look at him as someone who was rude to the media. I think he knew how to play the rivalry so very, very well that he could be the likable guy, he could be the villain. But he always knew how to prepare against Edmonton, and he always usually came out on top because those were some super teams in, in uh, you know, the 2010 period. And even before that, because he, you know, kind of got to playing time before that, but especially in the 2010 era. So, um, I, you know, for someone I didn't really like, I sure, I sure have a different opinion looking back on how his approach to the game was. And boy, he, he was a thorn in the, in the outside for so many years. And uh, so I would say John Cornish. That's an interesting one. I like how you tell that. All right, Dave. Well, I, I know you've had a busy day, and it's uh, it's a, it's an odd travel schedule for you. So I'll let you. You probably got some work to do, and I know you got to get some rest. Hope the show goes well tomorrow. Maybe we'll find. I don't know if we'll have time to go on each other's shows for recaps or chat, but we'll play it by ear. But I hope the broadcast goes well. You betcha, buddy. Thank you so much, and uh, all the best to the Oilers tomorrow. As uh, hopefully they can finish off that road trip uh, strong in uh, in Winnipeg. Right on. That is Dave Cabell checking in, the producer of this show and our Elks analyst on 630 Chet, Elks and Argos tomorrow. So, uh, man, oh, man, the Argos are are uh, not bringing out the big guns. <laughs> they are they are treating it as a game that uh, is, does not mean a lot to them. So we'll see how that goes tomorrow night. It's seven Going to call a quick timeout. Inside Sports on Chet. Good to have you tuning in tonight. It's been kind of fun going through some of your messages here about players who were uh, uh, rivals of the Oilers that you respected. Uh, somebody wrote in here, Peter Stastny. Yeah, Rob and I were talking about him last night. He was awesome. And uh, the same person says, Denny Savard. Half the time, I think he created his own offensive cycles, the way he could spin around and change direction and keep the cycle going. I guess, what, a couple of conference finals, the Oilers would have gone up against uh, Denny Savard on the way to Stanley Cups in the 80s. And in 1990, he was a, a very good player. Absolutely. Thanks for your submissions tonight on Twitter and on the text line. Of course, it is 780-496-0063. That is also the hotline. Presented by CertainTeed, professional-grade building materials, 780-496-0063. As, uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about tomorrow's soccer match. Uh, of course, uh, I am unable to attend these matches as the Oilers play both nights. And I guess even if they weren't, I, I got to work until 8. I am in the neighborhood of Commonwealth Stadium, so 
It's too it's too bad the Oilers are playing tomorrow. I'll be I'll be at Chet. I'm still doing inside sports from home. I could have stood in my front yard until six o'clock and greeted people on their way to the stadium. I could have handed out hot chocolate, or I could have had a little hot chocolate stand. I could have made a little cash on the side. <laughs> I don't know if anybody would buy hot chocolate from me though. I'm a pretty shady looking figure to buy something from. Uh, so anyway. We'll, uh, we'll have Quinn Phillips on the show. Used to be a global. Now she's with Explore Edmonton. She was at the match on Friday. She's going tomorrow. Canada taking on Mexico. Should be a little bit of a tougher opponent than Costa Rica. Canada beat them 1-0 on uh, Friday. I was excited. Non-sports related, but I don't, I, I've brought up this show in the past, and I think there are at least a couple of you who are into it as well. I was very excited, Kellen. Star Trek Discovery returns on Thursday. There you go. How about that? Have you watched that? Nope, not my bag, so. Uh, Good show. I recently, well, it's been a few weeks now. I recently finished Veep. I'm wondering if I should watch. I've never watched it beyond a few episodes. I have a feeling I I would like it. I want to get recommendations from people. Curb Your Enthusiasm with Larry David. I watched the pilot episode, the first episode today, while I was uh, on the treadmill. I got the the treadmill pointed at the TV here. And uh, if people have seen the series, they will, I'm sure, remember this. The Pants Tent. <laughs> does, does that ring a bell? The uh, the little tent that his pants made and got him into some <laughs> odd situations. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, th- I think I might watch more Curb Your Enthusiasm. It's pretty good. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.